1: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Here's Spironi, who rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose with a space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson. Oh, yes. Back of the nest.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest preview podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk. And I'm joined by Albert Kearney and Sam Heskiff. And we are talking all things Crystal Palace with a sprinkling of West Ham. This week we're heading back to school, taking days off, slipping over, calling each other the wrong names and telling the bloke that sells Chris to F off. Competition for places leads the discussion and we'll talk Wilf returning, where all the strikers fit in and do a couple of first team stalwarts need a rest. getting two
0: hands to it. Too much power in it for the Fulham keeper. Hands it to him again. away with a nice little bit of skill. And a great effort. And then slot. And there's the win for Crystal Palace.
1: Yes, commentary there from our victory on the weekend over Fulham. Um, Heskiff, you said, oh, it's weird when we
3: win. I've got nothing to moan about.
1: Still buzzing after that?
3: Yeah, I... I like you said, I really don't. know would say this is going to be a very quiet 45 minutes from me, I think. Um, no, it was great. It, it was one of those games where, you know, when we first came up and we got sort of comfortably beaten 2-0 and it was all a bit annoying. But now we're doing that to other people, so it's great. Quite 45 minutes, a bit
1: like um, Alex Sorloff, um, talking of which. Albert, still buzzing after the win?
2: Uh... Uh, mm, mm, no i don't i wouldn't say uh you know edging past fulham at home is is the sort of thing that gets me buzzing obviously it's nice to win you know we're not talking about smashing city away from home are we you know it's a a game that we had to win so i'm I'm happy that we did you know it would have been nice to for it to be a bit more comfortable but you know beggars can't be choosers uh, zero shots on target for them. I thought that was relatively
1: comfortable, and um, gives us a nice little bit of breathing space, uh, especially with a potential FA Cup running coming. Shh, whisper it. I don't want to. I don't want to get too carried away yet. Um, guess what, guys? Dry January is over. Damn, I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? I'm gonna leave you three to it, man. So today I am on. Uh, It's a Gypsy Hill Beer, Haymaker, it's a Session Pilsner. Um, Haymaker is a Session Strength Pilsner, brewed the right way, lagered for 30 days, finest Pilsner malt, and delicately dry hot. Goes well with just rewards and five o'clock. Drink it and talk to people.
2: Question. Go. When something's described uh, described as a Session, whatever you said, what does that mean?
1: it means it's sort of like lower level percentages so you can drink more of it in a row <laughs> right so you're, I see. so
3: you're on the sesh, yeah
1: for 4.2 percent. i am after dry january the stats the final stats are in i lost six kilos that's that's a fair old chunk of weight so um how long I'm, before you put them back on again well, no, so and I've I've been feeling a lot better, as I've said on previous pods, getting better sleep. So I'm I think I'm gonna cut um midweek drinking out and only drink on weekends and um What day is it today? Only gonna have one with the podcast each week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I just only, wanna I, be clear on the rules. I'm only gonna have one session midweek. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, um Heskiff, it was you who said you might have a
3: craft beer this week, you weren't sure. Yeah, I'm going to read what it is. So first of all, a big shout out to a friend of the show Jason Flynn, who um, got bored of me saying I'm drinking whatever was cheap on deal at the supermarket. <laughs> so he's bought me he's bought me some beer when I saw him recently. So this one is has what looks like a bloke in a handkerchief hat and a scarf. It's a cartoon. It's called a Mikella. Uh, it's apparently a New England style India Pale Ale from belgium (laughs) okay uh and it says on the top you are a funny man well um, make of that what you will i'm not but i appreciate the sentiment albert you are a
2: funny man what are you drinking budweiser (laughs) (laughs) Hey, keep all your crafty nonsense with their their little blurbs about sessions and being an indian ale but it's actually from wherever sam said it was from just give me a good old-fashioned Budweiser, four for four pounds. Thank you very much. Well,
1: talking of drinking, Carl Savage, who is a Palace fan that has written in, is over from Northern Ireland for the Everton game. And he's asked us to write out an itinerary for,
3: for his visit over for the game. So, Heskiff, how should he start the day? Whinging. Yeah, my, my day usually starts off with a good 10-minute complaint um, <laughs> about the train being late, the team not being what I want it to be, um it being cold. So start off for sure with a complaint. Um and I you know what I reckon start the day as you mean to go on. Go to the Clifton and stand right behind the bloke at the end of the bar. Because <laughs> if you know, then you know. Um I well I, I
1: would say Carl, if you're getting in on Friday, you should definitely go Piccadilly Circus and go Tiger Tiger and um get in really hanging at five o'clock in the morning. And um, that means you're doing London right as a tourist. <laughs> and then make Albert, sure you eat
3: a Morleys as well when you're when you're drunk.
1: Yeah, I think that's post game. You do that post game, Albert.
2: What what else should he be doing? Tasty jerk for sure. Tasty jerk. The, th- the thing is, if he's only in for one game, I, I try and alternate like, you know, with with the food at, uh, in Thornton Heath. I either go to the Blue and Orange for a proper sit down pre match meal. Uh, or if I'm in a bit of a hurry, I'll get the old tasty jerk. So he kind of needs to get there early enough to have one before, make sure he's hungry for after, do the tasty jerk, and then, yeah, maybe go back to the Clifton or something. And maybe squeeze in a Don Eagles, go for the hat trick. Why not? <laughs> um, Carl, what you need to understand, being from Northern Ireland, is that
1: um, hygiene food star ratings work in reverse here. So zero is actually five
2: stars. So they got they cleaned it up, mate. It's, it's, you, could, you could eat your dinner off the floor in there. Mm. Well, one thing you shouldn't
1: do is visit Aaron wan old school, um, but that's what he's been doing this week. Um,
3: Heskiff, if you went back to your old school, would you get the reception that he got at Ease? If I went to my primary school, um, it looks like a prison now. I was massively unremarkable, so I'm sure they'd just be like, why are you here? You're too old. Piss off.
2: And what about you, Albert? Are you are you fondly remembered? Uh, well, my secondary school doesn't really exist anymore. My primary school, however, uh, pr- probably get a hero's welcome. To be honest, um, la- last year, year six, I-, I won two grand cash for the school. Oh really? How would you do that? Well, listen, you know uh, there was a there was a C. I don't know if you remember CNA. The, I do the sh- remember yeah. it. still it still exists in Hull. Does it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you know what? I actually saw it in the Czech Republic last year as well. They had a competition to design a uh, a store, a building for the year 2096, which was 100 years into the future. Guess who bloody won it in the under 12 category? Uh, two grand for the school, 250 quid's worth of CNA vouchers for me in £10 denominations. Would just go and buy a packet of socks and get about nine quid change. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and my design, my uh, picture with the mayor, some posters of my design in a time capsule. You know, oh, that's quite uh, good. Wait, wait. Under under Kingston High Street, still there probably. It's nice. now a Primark though. So, hang on. What was in your store of the future? Uh, I, I could probably dig it out. My mum's probably still got a post. I could dig it out. It was just a big building in the sh- a building in the shape of a C, and believe it or not, the second building in the shape of an A um they were i put fire exits on it they're very impressed very safety conscious <laughs> 11 11 year old uh first prize mate deal with it
1: <laughs> wow well i must say i'm very very impressed so um yeah well well done It was way more emphatic than i thought it was going to be as an answer <laughs> <laughs> very very boastful very boastful indeed um Patrick Van Arnholt has been talking about Sam Allardyce. At some time in the near past, I couldn't really work out what was going on. It seemed like carpool karaoke, but in Dutch, with an ex-Dutch footballer talking about Dutch things. I don't know. (laughs) But um, Patrick Van Arnholt was specifically talking about Sam Allardyce here. Um, Albert, no matter what you do for a job, it just seems like everyone wants a day off. Patrick Van Arnholt is there talking about he loves Sam Allardyce because he gave him more days off.
2: We'd all love more days off, wouldn't we? I mean, I love my job, don't get me wrong. But if someone said, mate, take Friday off, I'm I'm not going to argue with it. Well, especially when Sam Allardyce,
1: they were saying he's never there except from two days before the game and on the day of the game and the rest of the time, I kid you not, he's in Dubai is what they said. What, this is PVA saying that? PVA saying this about Sam Allardyce, saying basically from Sunday to Wednesday, he's in Dubai with the coaches taking the team. And then he's there for the last three days, the two days before the game and the day of the game. Don't work harder, work
2: smarter. <laughs> so, fair enough. I mean, yeah, you know, can you get pints of red wine in Dubai? Yeah,
1: well, I, I think you can get whatever you want in Dubai. Um, yeah, true. Peskif, he's <laughs> notably... um this, do you think there's no such phrase, like the Dutch are so technically brilliant at football that they
3: don't know what a long ball is, so he kept having
1: to say long ball in English?
3: Yeah, stop stop all this ticky tacker nonsense, you know, keeping possession, moving around, making space, just long ball it. <clears throat> there, there, there is no phrase for that in, in Holland. I think you're right. Just, I, can't, I was going to do a Dutch accent, but... I can't do it. I think Al- Al- Albert's the, the one for accents. He's been entertaining us before we started recording, so I think he should uh, don a Dutch accent and shout "long ball." Good for Doma. <laughs> That's
2: actual Dutch. It's some—I don't know what it means. It's uh, some sort of exclamation of surprise. Um,
1: Hesk, if you're an ice hockey man, was was you at the ice hockey this week when Jose Mourinho stacked it? <laughs>
3: uh, I saw it. I certainly wasn't in Russia watching it, but. Yeah, quite funny. And then hasn't he been done for tax evasion? Oh,
1: well, he just joins a very big growing club of, club of footballers, doesn't he?
3: Yeah, there's something about the carpet going from under him or something. There's a joke there, but I've had... Sus-
2: suspend, yeah, suspended prison sentence in Spain. Yeah,
3: there you go. M- much, much like Messi.
1: When he hit the floor, Albert, how did Jose Mourinho go with
2: his accent? I think I, think I fall over. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Respe- something probably something about respect and holding up three fingers I imagine <laughs> you've missed your calling mate I like just on record I really like Jose Mourinho got, i got not, not a bad word to say against him
1: well he doesn't really have a bad word to say about Palace fans does he so I've always been very nice about us um, hopefully if he did come in to manage us one day um He'd get Jim Daly's name right. Did you see this? <laughs> Jim Daly of Five Year Plan fame um, was on Football Focus making his debut, and Heskip, they called him Jim Davy. What a disgrace! What a disgrace! I'd be having words if I was him. Yeah, I mean, I looked at the keyboard.
2: The L is nowhere near the V. Ravy Davy, Jim Gravy.
3: Actually, that's good. that's quite a good name. That. What is
2: it? What is it with, is it with uh, Crystal Palace podcast people getting something wrong on the BBC like? Jim got his name wrong. or well, he didn't get his name wrong, but the name was wrong. And then I don't know if you remember when Nick Gussett was on BBC London. <laughs> they just cut him immediately. It just, it, like, they, they held, they asked, asked him a question, held the microphone up to him to speak, and then, like, the whole BBC just broke <laughs> and it just. The, They had to just go back to the studio.
1: (laughs) It'd literally taken like an hour to get there, an hour to get back, spent the time. Yeah. Mm.
2: Having some trouble there with our live broadcast? Oh, sorry. (laughs) And that was it.
1: Gone. (laughs) Well, Canadian TV had some trouble with broadcasts this week, um, leaving the camera running prior to Neil Warnock's interview actually starting on the BBC. And um, Neil Warnock very clearly overheard these uh, saying, tell Gary Lineker to F off and um, then goes on Albert to say you know he called me Colin which I assume is um, referring to the anagram of his name
2: yeah it was quite a because I don't know if you saw the scenes probably 15 20 before when you know Neil Warnock you know quite rightly was sort of walking off the pitch and in tears clapping the fans obviously in light of their recent news and you know it was a, a sort of stark reminder that Someone like Neil Warnock, you know, is still a human being, and you know, I've 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 got a little soft spot for him in footballing terms, and it was like, oh, that's you know, that's that's really sweet, that's really emotional, and then like, yeah, ten minutes later, he's screaming, he's sort of reverted to type and <laughs> screaming down the microphone for Gary Lineker to, Lineker to f off. He called So me, there he, he is. He called me ugly
3: once. He called me ugly once, so he can go to hell. Neil Warnock called you ugly. He did, yeah, Jeff. I've never. Be- <laughs> I was in the players' lounge with some friends, um, and he walked past us, double did a double take, walked back, and said to my friend Anna, "What are you doing with this ugly lot?" (laughs) So it was it was it was the initial burn, and also that he was on the chirps of Anna. So, (laughs) so um, who who was you with? Roll check. Name name and shame. I was with friend of the show Jason Flynn. He of ugly Jason. Ugly uh, ugly Jason. (laughs) Uh, he was with friend of the show, Miserable Dave Perry. Yes, Mingin Dave, <laughs> Mingin Dave, uh, Dan Cooper, I think, who periodically listens to this and even more periodically goes to football. Butters um, Coops, <laughs> but Coop, so yeah. His his nickname, his actual nickname, is Gummy Bear. Apparently, so there we go. Um, but I digress. He called us ugly, um, and the man hasn't got any eyebrows, so I'm not having it. Mm.
2: Okay, well. You should have gone full punching on him and just said, listen, I'm not taking that from someone who takes bungs and players. To- <laughs> well, I'll tell you what is ugly, our
1: recent record against West Ham. So let's get into talking about it. Back of the Nest
0: match preview podcast: www.backofthenest.com <laughs> hello listeners of the preview show this is chris hamley from the review show just a little message to say as much as you're probably enjoying uh, terence sam and albert entertaining you massively if you want to live the result shortly afterwards sunday night i'll be recording with chris clark with mike scott and patrick o'connor so check us out in all the usual places and don't forget visit backofthenest.com uh, our website for a load of articles and other content all relate to Palace, which is growing day by day. Cheers, bye. Oh, and a chance here for James MacArthur, and it's in for Crystal Palace. Zabaleta. Zabaleta Oh, brilliant. Felipe Anderson. Saved but in from Hernandez. West Ham have turned it around. Hernandez, lovely move this. Felipe Anderson, is there an end product? There is. Sensational! And from Meyer. Oh, and headed in and Palace are back in it. Jeffrey Schlupp off the bench. Meyer's first time ball in was a peach. And Schlupp, given the space, found the
1: bottom corner. Mm, commentary there from our 3-2 defeat to West Ham at a taxpayer's stadium earlier this season which meant that it's um, now seven games without um, a win against the Hammers right where should we start this week I think it's um we'll start with James McArthur um Hesketh now uh, we're we're both big McArthur fans but um he does sort of go through spells where he drifts away a little bit and um Sean Derry was talking up uh, Max Meyer on the Love Sport show, the back and an S show on Love Sport, um, this week. Uh saying he loves the way he manipulates the ball and um should be in the starting eleven. Do you do you think James MacArthur needs a rest?
3: I think he probably does. Um I remember speaking a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about what you know what formation to play and what changes we can make, and mentioned that I thought maybe Jimmy could be replaced by by Meyer for a bit. Um, and as I said at the time, yeah, you know, I'm a massive fan of MacArthur. Really am. And you know, he does pop up with, with goals and he's got a lot of energy. So he's, he's a great player to have. But I think the last two or three games he's he's not not really been his usual self. Um, I thought he was not great against Fulham. Uh, and I think when when Maya came on, uh, you know he, he was involved in the build up of the of the second goal. He just looks very comfortable on the ball, and you know, like like we said before, his he seems to have a good a first touch that keep, keeps the ball moving. So he's always ready to go. He's always ready to to find that next pass, and I think that can really help the team. Um, and I think if you know we've we've got a squad of good players now. If you look at how strong the bench was against Fulham, you know we, we we're starting to get you know at, to be to be back to be as good as we can. You got to use those players, and I think. Meyer is we haven't really seen enough of him uh, as much as we should, in my opinion. And I think if, if any of the midfield drops down, I think potentially it's Jimmy, yeah. Because, you know, Schlupp is in the team at the moment, but he's scored. So I, I suppose he sort of will keep his place anyway. But um, Jimmy's form hasn't been too good in the last few weeks. So, yeah, I think Myer would come in for him if anyone does. Yeah.
1: Albert, do you think Max Meyer can... Cover the yardage that James McArthur can? And do you think that's potentially what's keeping him out of the team if he can't? Because, you know, Roy Hodgson, I remember him talking about Gyro Riederwald, for example, not showing enough urgency and not running enough. And um, he wants someone to work hard in there. So do you think that might be what's keeping Meyer out of the team?
2: Yeah, I think that's um, like, it goes to, you know, does McArthur need a rest? Yeah, you know, McArthur covers, covers acres, you know, during a game. He, you know, he never stops running. So. Almost a ability doesn't come into it. If MacArthur needs a rest, he needs a rest, and yeah, it probably is something that Meyer needs to work on. Certainly, with regards to what Roy Hodgson feels, you know, he wants someone to put a real shift in. But you know, you'd like to think that Meyer is the sort of player that can can make up, can make up in a little bit less, for want of a better word, effort. You know, he's he's got a little bit sharpness, more of mind. And if you know, if we can, if someone else can do the running and get the ball to him. Now we can probably spring attacks, you know, a bit better, especially if we're trying to play a bit on the counter and and get you know the paceier players away. Uh, but yeah, it's, mm. I suppose it's about getting that getting that balance right in the middle of the park.
1: Yeah, especially considering West Ham like under Pellegrini like to push and press high up the field, so um, some nice tidy feet in there, a bit of bravery on the ball could. Um, you know certainly get some counter-attacks moving um of course james McArthur did that um to great effect at liverpool a couple of weeks ago so he does have that ability in him here as well but um yeah it will, it will be very interesting indeed we i say he likes a hard worker but um he loves jeffrey schlupp and i really <laughs> he he dips in and out of games in terms of effort for me but um you know kiarte uh could potentially be back and all of a sudden it's a bit of a headache for Roy certainly, because you know, Schlupp's starting to he's now got four goals this season and um he's been integral in the last two victories in terms of killing off the game against Fulham and his excellent run against Spurs, um, to set up Connor Wickham's goals. So he's certainly um staking his claim for a place in the team. And um yeah. Heskiff, if if Quijate is back, does he does he come back in?
3: Well, oh, yeah, I mean that's a big question, isn't it? I think we we say it time and again that Roy is quite. Um, if you're being nice to him, you say he's been loyal. If you're being a bit critical, you say a bit stubborn, but he does like to keep the team, you know, fairly fairly similar if he can. But I think A and Luca together is a is a really good tandem in the middle. So, I, I think if he is available, I think he brings Kiate back in. Um, but I don't know if he will be. He was in a protective boot the last time I saw him. But I don't know if that was precautionary or, you know, whether he's actually knackered properly. Um, but it's not. It's a nice dilemma to have, isn't it? Because we've, you know, especially, you know, over the first part of this season, we were, were looking at the bench and we're like, you know, there's no one you can bring on that will really make much of a difference. Whereas now we've got, you know, all of these midfielders. We've got Mishi Batshui on the bench. Up front, you know, Benteke's back. So it's looking it's looking a bit more rosy. Yeah, it certainly is. Um perhaps, Albert,
1: another place that he could fit Kiarte back into the team is bear with me here, at the expense of Patrick Van Arnholt and uh, moving Schlupp to left back. A lot of people have been picking up on his poor form of late and um it was another another very below par game for him against Fulham. Um do you think he's another one who needs a rest because he's pretty much ever present, Patrick Van Aanholt? He's even in the cup games he's been playing, so maybe he's just getting a bit heavy in the legs, as he said in that video when he was talking about Sam Allardyce.
2: He probably, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm I'm all for giving a, a player that's played consistently, you know, quality aside. Yeah, he's played a lot of games, like you say, cup games included. I'm all for giving him a rest, but I, I, I wonder if it's. If it's, be- if it's best to do that when you know maybe for the United, you know, wait till the United game, and because you know, not that I like to go into any game sort of with a defeatist attitude, but that's going to be a game that we got a, a lesser chance of winning. So, do you is that where you sort of rest rest players, and you know, if that affects our, our chances of winning a game, you know, you know, you're onto a bit of a loser anyway. So, you know, in, in, the, in these ga- in these games where we're against teams that we you know should really looking be looking to get points out of, I think you have to. Potentially go with your, with your strongest eleven, and you know, and, and hope they can get through it. But yeah, that's, I'm certainly not disagreeing that he's been a bit, a little bit off the boil. Yeah, um, I'd, I think he's he's
1: a player that's always going to be in fits and spurts. So I'd completely written him off by January last year, and then he had a fantastic end to the season. Um, so I think you just have to roll with the punches with him to a certain extent. But um, yeah, I, th- I think a couple of games out of fire line line were probably doing well. Just to give him a little bit of a rest. Um, been a question this week to talk about um, Mamadou Sacco well this is from James who stands next to me at Celeste um, now he was an absolute beast against Fulham, was given man the match, uh, he, two slide tackles on the halfway line were just you know that's very very much what Crystal Palace fans love to see and um, of course it sprung a passing move that we eventually scored from but Eskiff he's he's a bit, a bit poor in front of goal isn't he?
3: <laughs> yeah, I actually had this conversation as well with um, with my mate Miserable Dave, who was unsurprisingly being miserable, saying, you know, he's cost us, you know, he missed a sitter against Fulham, and he missed um uh, he missed an easy chance against Southampton, I think, and obviously he gave away that penalty against Bournemouth early in the season. And um, there was another there's another header in there somewhere. Uh, Newcastle at home. Newcastle, yeah. I mean, that was a that was a belting miss, wasn't it? I, I mean, you know, which. Yeah, not great, should be scoring all of those probably. But I think, you know, it does it is tempered by the fact that he is such a good centre half defensively. Um, he was my man of the match against Fulham. I thought he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And, you know, it's just one of those where if that was Tonks, if it was Scott Dan, you you'd put your money on it going in because they seem to get those sort of goals when they play. Mama just doesn't I don't know. He just doesn't have a score in touch. I can only remember him scoring one goal for us against Stoke last year. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think if he was uh, if he was crap at defending, it would be a much more of an issue. But so long as we're doing all right uh, and we won the game anyway, so I'll, I'll let him off this yeah, time. I was
1: um, drinking a Dos Equis in. Uh, Mexico on my honeymoon when he put that goal in against Stoke. Um, It went everywhere, all over the hotel bedroom. Um, Albert, uh, all of the three big chances he missed this season have been on his head. Um, Do you think he needs
2: to shave off that Brazilian? Grow up, will you? (laughs) No. No. Listen, we have centre-forwards who, you know, should really have better scoring records. So I'm I'm certainly not going to lay into the centre-half you know, yeah, yeah, yeah he has a lot of chances, but I mean, when we're all looking at Mamadou Sakho to to increase our goal tally, I think it's a it's a damning indictment on on the rest of the team. So it's one of those things. I'm sure one will go in at some point. Whoa, I mean, adding Mishi to the team and
1: Benteke getting back, are you actually finally turning up from Swansea? Maybe the the goals are about to start. <laughs>
0: Batshuayi! He's got it through to Batshuayi. That's 2-0. Uh, the team as Kennedy sent it in! Batshuayi! Batsway! Petro in! Brilliant header! That's wonderfully finished by Mishi Batshuayi.
1: Yeah, so Michi Batshuayi, who obviously we picked up on the end of the last podcast that we did um, just about, uh, uh, finished recording and then it was announced that he signed. So um, welcome to the squad and uh, we'll start with you, Haskiv. What did you make of his little
3: cameo at the end of the Fulham game? Well, not too bad, was it? I mean, his little flip-flop, whatever it is, that got two defenders taken out of the game and uh, allowed him to have that shot we scored from was brilliant. Yeah. there was a couple of, I noticed, I mean, he wasn't on very long, 10 minutes or whatever, but there was a couple of long balls up that he didn't even jump for. So he's obviously not a target man. We're not going to be expecting him. Yeah.
1: Someone behind us shouted out, this is, I think, the third time that the ball sailed over his yeah. head, was, jump, you dopey bastard. Well, harsh.
3: <laughs> It'd it, it, it been on the pitch for four harsh. minutes.
2: Welcome to welcome to sell us part. Yeah.
3: Um But no, I think, you know, ball at his feet, and when he's he's in the but it's all cliched, isn't it? But he seems to come alive when he, he's near the area and he's he, he's on the ball. Um, and I don't think, you know, I'm not, I don't think any of our other strikers would have been able to make the space in the way that he did ahead of the goal. So yeah, brilliant signing. Um, it'd be interesting to see now whether he remains on the bench and comes on or whether Roy is going to bite the bullet and play him and Benteke up front. Mm,
1: well, Albert, it's... With us paying thirty million for Benteke, um, Chelsea spent thirty-two million on Batshuai,
2: So we're sixty million pound strike force. Not very much. Now it's nice. It's nice to have the the Batman up front because we sort of got used to having a few Jokers up the front in re- recent years, haven't we? Um, I was more thinking a few people robbing a living. Oh, very good. Something about Catwoman. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to, to, you know, to play the to play the pair of them up front, you have to. I think you have to be very careful with what you put in the middle of the park so you know I'm assuming it would be some sort of 4-4-2 or 4-4-1-1 and you know the natural choices are obviously Zaha and Townsend out wide um but you'd have to go I'm guessing very very solid in that central two and have you know Luca and maybe Kayarte just sort of you know si- you know sitting and and providing a screen for the defense but you know, if you could get that working, you know, a front four of Townsend, Zaha, but and hopefully a a, a Benteke of old, you know, that's quite um, that's quite mouth watering as a prospect. It okay.
1: certainly is. But um, someone who's shown two faces to his performances, oh. Jordan Ayu, since he's come to has come from Swansea. Um, Hesketh there's
3: there's a lot more confidence in him since he got a go at Wolves. Yeah, there has been. He he looks a lot more alive in games. Um, I think we we said once earlier this season when we played Huddersfield, he looked right because he ran around a lot. Um, and then I think two weeks ago, when I was last on, maybe I was saying, you know, he looks like he he's got more energy. He wants to get involved a lot more. Whereas I think his other, you know, his demeanor before was a bit like he couldn't be asked. Um, and you know, when 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 he looked like that, you couldn't like how how the hell has this bloke scored eleven goals in the in the season? But now he's getting more into the game. And I think, you know, there's a couple of t- times when he came in off the wing with the ball and he was running at someone and got a shot off. And you think, right, well, that that's more like it. That's obviously what we've seen to bring him in. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously not having Wilf isn't great because I, I, you know, still remain steadfast that he's easily our best player and the team is worse off without him. But if you can have someone like Ayu coming in playing wide or, you know, like a Bakary Sacco or something, then at least you've got these options, you know, where you know they're going to put a shift in and you're going to get something out of them rather than carry them for the whole match.
1: Yeah, do you think, Albert, he'll, he'll go straight into that forward up front that you just talked about? Um, you you mentioned it needs to be solid in the midfield, but he's with Zaha on one side, he's definitely going to be sacrificing some defensive stability if we play the two up the top. But, you know, Townsend and Zaha on the ball and... Benteke and Bacciare carrying that threat. Does it keep uh, an extra man back for West Ham, which sort of negates the need to have that extra defensive player?
2: I think so. You know, we we've seen in recent games. You know, t- teams come to Sellers Park, and you know, unless it's a you know a, a top four team, you know they you know teams are really happy just to just to sit back and and let us attack them. So you know, why don't you know we got the, if we've got a good attacking you know quartet in the ones we've just named. Why don't we try it? You know, give it a go. And if you know, you know, if and if after forty-five minutes we're you know we're one-nil down or a couple of goals down, you know there's still time to change it. But I think it's time we you know we've, we've got we've got the tools. So you know let's try and put the onus on attacking and and, and see what we can do because you know we might not have Batch White at the club for longer than the end of the season. I'd be very surprised if we signed him permanently. Uh, at, you know, and if we did, I can't expect Benteke to stick around. It's, you know, someone would have to give. Um, you know, let's, let's use it once we got it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, we've definitely not paid. Apparently, it's going to
1: cost us five million. That deal, we've not paid that money to have him sitting on the bench. So we're definitely going to want him in the first eleven. But what's funny, Heskew, is it arrives at a time where at Fulham, you know, sixty-three percent possession. I think Fulham had against us. So there was obviously for the first time in a home game against a lower team, we allowed a we managed successfully to allow the team to have the ball and then we could play on the counter
3: yeah i mean it worked great um i, I spoke to um a, a fuller mate of mine uh after the game and he said you know we had all the possession but no tactics whatsoever and that's exactly what it was and that played into our hands because you know they can knock the ball around fine until they get sort of 30 yards out and if we nick it off them you know we had a couple of breaks and we look a lot more confident when we're playing like that. So, yeah, it's nice to see us be able to play like that at home. Um, obviously, it depends on how the opposition play. I mean, you know, I, I'm, when Cardiff came or when Newcastle came, they weren't looking to do that at all. Um, but hopefully now, like we were talking about all the different formations we can play and the players that we can play, hopefully now we've got enough sort of plan, you know, plans in the in the bag that if plan a or b don't work there's something else we can do uh to try and sort of get at teams and i mean this is I'm, I'm sounding quite positive here so i'm gonna i'm gonna pack it in i'm gonna pack it in now
1: okay well while you're being positive i think um we should try and get your prediction out of you then oh. so the po- i went um i went with uh Manuel pellegrini theme this week in in the polls so, um, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how I'm going to say this about swearing. Sorry, William, you're going to have to bleep it. Um, so, for a win, it was take that, you old c-. Albert, you know what that's referencing.
2: <laughs> oh, Alan. Oh, Alan.
1: <laughs> oh, Alan. Pardew. Um This might be one that only works written down. All man done well for a draw. Yeah, I'll let you off there. <laughs> and, for, and for a loss,
2: okay. See what you've done there? See what you've done there? One for the older listeners? 40 towers and
1: that. 16% have gone for a loss, 24 for a draw, and 60% have gone for the
3: win. Uh, Heskiff, where are you falling there? Well, um, I'm done with this pale ale. It was quite strong. Uh, (laughs) Apparently, I'm feeling quite positive. I reckon a draw. Um, I I was having a look at their results, and they seem to lose against teams that they should expect to win. And then beat or draw against, you know, the bigger teams. So, I, like you said, our record against them is not great. Um, but I take a draw, so I'll go for a draw. I reckon two all. Mm. Well,
1: last week you went for one all on the um, podcast, but on the prediction league, you actually put two nil Palace. Are you? Um, are you trying to play a character on this podcast?
3: Um, in all honesty, <laughs> I forgot to change it on the spreadsheet that we have. But the spreadsheet is gospel. So the 2 0 counts, and I'll take those three points. Thank you very much. Uh, well, Fender upon the pod, Nick, has
1: gone for a 2 2 this week as well. He think Batshuay and Ben Teke will score. Albert, last week, I think you said 2 1 to Palace, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I said 2 1. Very so close. Close enough. I'll take it. It's a point. And for this week? It depends which 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 West Ham turn up. If it's the West Ham that turned up against AFC Wimbledon, then they're there for the taking. But, you know, Arnautovic is meant to be back. Is that right? I think we've referred to that already. And if he's back, I think there, there are different prospects. Other than that, up front, I think they're much for muchness You know, Hernandez is, you know, a player who I've sort of liked in the past, but you know he, he doesn't he doesn't score a lot and and is it Lucas Perez isn't isn't up to much so and the obviously so the other one's Andy Carroll so i think um if if Arnautovic is back if Arnautovic is back i think we'll put yeah i'd probably go for a a one all draw but i'm going to yeah i think that's i'm assuming they're going to throw him in so i i have to err on the side of caution and think yeah i'm going to go for a one all well, you all laughed at me last
1: week when I said 3-0 Palace. I was I was very close. I think we could have probably easily got a third against Fulham and won that game 3-0. So, um, yeah, I t- West Ham are a weird team, um, but I think with confidence flying high at the moment, a couple of extra days rest on them as well. Um, I think... Um, I think we can turn them over. It's about time. We haven't beaten them since February 2015. So four years going on now. And when you think we started so well against them when we first got promoted back to the Premier League with some really positive results, I think it's about time we got back to those. So I'm going to go for a 3-1 Palace win. Um, I think we've got goals in us now. And, um, you know, The team have had a chance to gel now with Batshuai. We'll get some plans together for him. And I think um, that could lead to some really positive things. Uh, Right. We'll finish that there. And we'll be back after this.
3: Many of us have those stubborn
1: pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Back of the Nest. Match preview podcast. www.backofthenest.com.
1: Right, yeah, that's almost it for this week. Obviously, you heard further up in the show that the review show will be about on Sunday. So keep your ears peeled to that. Hopefully talking about a Palace victory. Um, happy birthday to Mike Scott. It's his birthday today of this back in the nest parish. Um, I'm sure he'll be on again soon because it's surely only a matter of time before Albert goes on holiday again.
2: Oh, it's not
3: just me <laughs> i wasn't on holiday last week i was at a french rap concert because oh, i'm cultured edgy we 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 tre Trebian, tre
1: indeed um so what's this message you want to say Heskif?
3: right one last one it's quite self-indulgent uh it's a big shout out to my brother-in-law michael who lives in austin in texas now supports palace because of me and his sister my wife um my wife my wife my wife he gets he gets up at like six in the morning to watch us we lose most of the time but he still does it um and we bought him a palace shirt and he absolutely loves it so shout out to him and also commiserations because your life is now about to be ruined (laughs) and um who did he get on the back of his shirt we got andros townsend on the back of his shirt because of that goal against man city wow
1: it's crazy that in it people are gonna it's much like my wife who only knows of us as a premier league team oh why did you get who did you get on your first shirt some people are like danny boxall <laughs> <laughs> Saji burton now it's andros townsend for his goal with a season effort against the champions of england um big up michael indeed in austin texas um albert yo thanks for joining um your input, as ever, is always valued. Good sir.
2: Yeah, you say it like you mean it one week. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: um, yep, and heskiff thank you very much also. Thanks. I'll see you on Saturday. And of course, big shout to Billiam in the background, um, loving that Michibatsuai Batman clip. Good sir. Right. So next week, we're back on Wednesday again, and we will be building up to our, well, our, um, potential to get into the quarter final or the FA Cup in the away trip to Doncaster which I can now go to and will be going to so until next time up the palace Hi I'm Jordan Hugel can't wait to walk out here with all the bubbles
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll read me it
0: It's the 90th minute all your mates are around you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go